Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cecilia Mitzwash. And we are your hosts. Today, Dr. Elena Rossi will be leading a discussion with Professor Thierry Passeron about photoprotection, the effect of sun exposure on skin phototype and dermatosis. We know uh, and we have uh, now gathering a lot of knowledge on photoprotection, on um, the different kind of uh, radiation that are coming into Earth and affecting the skin. But first... EADV Live will host a webcast, Challenging Situations in Cosmetic Dermatology, with Professor Ashraf Badawi on the 18th of August at 2 p.m. Central European Summer Time. For more information on how to watch it live and even ask questions to the speaker, go to www.eadv.org under education. And... If you didn't already know, the ADV has announced a new membership category dedicated for nurses in dermatology. Nurses are invited to apply for the 2021 Nurse Membership category and benefit from exclusive access to the educational platform with CME-accredited courses, journals, ebooks, and reduced fees to events with dedicated nurse-focused sessions. Our first dedicated face-to-face -face course, Nurses in Dermatology Practice, is taking place this year from the 25th through 27th of November in Malaga, Spain. More information is available on www.edv.org. Now on to our main topic. Dr. Elena Rossi is a member of the EADV Education Committee and will be speaking with Professor Thierry Passeron about his recent publication in the GADV. Professor Thierry Passeron is a professor of dermatology at the Université Côte d'Azur in the University Hospital of Nice in the Department of Dermatology. He is a very well-established researcher in many subjects, including skin cancer, pigmentation disorders, and as he will discuss today, photo protection. So let's hear their discussion. So nice to meet you, Thierry. It's great pleasure. So photo protection is important, but can you tell us why it is so important? We know uh, and we have uh, now gathering a lot of knowledge on photoprotection, on um, the different kind of uh, radiation that are coming into Earth and affecting the skin. We know that beyond UVB that we know for decades, uh, other radiations such as uh, UVA and especially long wave UVA that are very different from UVB, but also um, uh, visible light, but uh, also infrared uh, radiation have uh, an impact on skin and dermatosis. And uh, it's unfortunate uh, that we have all this knowledge and that patients usually, when they are choosing their sunscreen, they are just relying on the SPF and that only tells us about the, the impact uh, of the UVB and the protection against UVB. So with uh, uh, experts from uh, all around the world, we try to gather this knowledge and try to make very practical recommendation. Uh, and we provide this uh, in this article uh, published in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology. Do you think that we usually apply the correct amount of sunscreen on our body and on our face? 
Uh, again, it's it's a very important point, and uh, indeed, um, uh, not only the type of sunscreen is important, but the quantity to use is also very important. And uh, for example, there are very practical tips uh, for the face. Uh, the uh, the uh, the amount to be used is the equivalent of the teaspoon, uh, and we have also to apply it uh, several times a day. Uh, at least uh, on the morning, at noon, and at, at 4 p.m. Uh, but the quantity is very important because if you are just applying a very sm a small amount, you can have a very good uh, sunscreen, but it won't be uh, efficient. So again, uh, you have to use a very good sunscreen, but in a good quantity, and, and you have to apply it because if it's, if it's in your pharmacy, it's not protecting your skin. I usually advise to my patient to reapply sunscreen every two hours. What do you say? Yeah, uh, every two hours is uh, uh, is what we are re uh, usually recommend. However, it's very difficult for uh, in a daily life to apply every two hours. Uh, and we know that we have to apply sunscreen not only when we are going outdoors for outdoors activities or in the beach, we have to use it in our daily life, and so I, I prefer them if they are if they are using in a good quantity again uh, on the on the morning. They are replying at uh, at noon and after in the afternoon. I mean, uh, it's already uh, very good. Uh, I think we have to be realistic, and it's very difficult uh, to apply it every two hours, except if we are uh, lying on the beach or hiking. But uh, usually, it's not possible. According to skin pot type, uh, can we say it is safer for darker skin phototype to sun exposed or not? Um, yeah. In fact, again, there are a lot of knowledge uh, on the type of photoprotection and skin types. Uh, again, we have to think about uh, not only the color of the skin, but also the DNA repair that is much more efficient in dark skin individuals. But uh, beside this, uh, we uh, know also that UVB is more affecting and more dangerous for fair skin types. And darker skin types uh, protect much better uh, the um, basal layer of the skin that are very important for the renewal. And so it's very important to protect them. And also they, they repair the DNA damage is much better. But when it comes to, uh, so again, for, um, for dark skin individuals, uh, UVB protection uh, has to be less um, stronger that as compared to, uh, to uh, for fair skin type. But when it comes to uh, UVA, especially long wave UVA, there are now very uh, robust data that demonstrated that long wave UVA affects uh, not only the fair skin type, but also the darker skin types. All the skin types are affected, and, it, and, it was, and it's uh, true for pigmentation, but also for inflammation, immunosuppression. So uh, UVA affects all skin types, so all skin types need a good UVA protection. And it's very important to understand this because about 80% of the UV radiation that we are receiving are long-wave UVA. And those long-wave UVA have much less variation through the day and through the year as compared to UVB. And they are uh, going through uh, the, the, um, the, the, uh, the, the clouds and also the windows. And so we are uh, in our daily uh, um, 
daily life, we are exposed to UVA. And those UVA, uh, we can discuss about that after, but there are very strong data demonstrating their impact on skin cancer, pigmentation for sure, photoaging. So it's it's crucial to, uh, to have a good protection for that. Last but not least, for when it comes to um, visible light, and especially the blue and the violet light, the high energy visible light, we know now that in um, physiological condition, it's mostly the darker skin types that are more uh, susceptible to those uh, wavelengths. So uh, to summarize, uh, UVA along with UVA is affecting the same way all type of skin. UVB is more, uh, the fair skin types are more prone and more sensitive to UVB irradiation but uh, darker skin types are more sensitive to uh, visible light uh, radiations. So thank you very much for this important clarification, this pearls, I guess, because now we can know definitely that it's important even for darker skin phototypes. But then another question that is jumping to me, there are some dermatoses that are definitely improved by sun exposure. Is there important sun protection as well? What can you tell us about that? Oh, it's perfectly true. And um, uh, for example, atopic dermatitis, psoriasis are usually improved by UV uh, exposure. Uh, however, we have to keep in mind that in some cases, uh, they can be uh, worsened by, um, by UV radiation. We know that approximately 5% of psoriasis uh, can be worsened by uh, after um, uh, ex exposure to the sun, but in uh, general, uh, in general, those uh, exposure improve those uh, dermatoses. Um, but so it's uh, a question of um, of quantity, uh, uh, um, daily exposure to small uh, quantity of UV are beneficial to uh, for those uh, dermatoses. But if you get a sunburn. Uh, it can worsen your psoriasis by the Kumna phenomenon. So you have to uh, to uh, expose your skin, depending, of course, of your type of skin and the latitude and altitude. So you have to adapt. But yes, in those uh, dermatoses, uh, uh, sun exposure ca can be beneficial. But after being a little, little bit exposed, you have to protect uh, not only by sunscreen, but by behavior, uh, um, protecting, uh, protecting clothes, that are uh, more important than sunscreen for, for when it comes to photoprotection. So these are very important. And of course, you also have to adapt your, the, the type of sunscreen uh, to, uh, to, the, to your dermatosis. For example, uh, on the, you have to avoid using sunscreen directly on a very mo uh, moist lesion when you have uh, um, a flare or atopic dermatitis. So you, uh, it's of course very important to do that. And for uh, acne, for example, it's better to use um, a non-grazy texture uh, to uh, try to not worsen the, uh, the acne lesions. And uh, then we continue saying, what about patients who are at risk of melanoma or non-melanoma skin cancer? We, for, we know that for, for the kids that UV uh, radiation uh, uh, can um, uh, trigger uh, skin cancer. 
Uh, it's true for UVB, but it's also true for UVA that have been also demonstrated to induce DNA damages more by uh, through the radical the production of radical species, at the, uh, while UVB is directing direct DNA damages. And both UVB and UVA uh, promotes immunosuppression. And there have been uh, those two types of wavelengths have been demonstrated to increase melanoma risk. Uh, to increase uh, the risk of uh, skin carcinoma. So, uh, and also uh, UV BAF, uh, that are UVA, uh, has also been demonstrated to increase the risk of uh, melanoma and uh, squamous cell carcinoma. So for those prevention as primary or secondary prevention, uh, it's key to uh, have photoprotection, again, using, uh, looking for uh, seeking shade, using um, uh, protecting clothes and in the parts that cannot be protected by uh, clothes, we have to use a balanced UVA and UVB protection. And for this part, I think it's really important that um, patients understand that the logo UVA that we have, at least in Europe, is not everywhere in the world, but uh, uh, this logo is not saying that you have a very good UVA protection. It's just telling you that the protection the ratio between the, ra the protection against UVB and UVA is below three. But if you have a ratio at 2.9 or a ratio at 1.2, you understand that 1.2, you have a much more balanced UVA and UVB protection. So it's really important that dermatologists uh, ask and, uh, and look for um, the UVA protection factor. And so they can choose uh, the sunscreen according to the patient and according to the dermatosis uh, that uh, the patient could have. It's really interesting, and I think it's going to be very interesting even for the non-dermatologists that, that are listening to our podcast. So, and on the other side, we can either have some dermatoses that are worsened by sun exposure. Is it true? Yeah, uh, it's true, and we, we are talking about photodermatosis, and here we, uh, we have also much better knowledge. For example, uh, we know that um, PMLE is induced both by UVB and UVA, depending on the patients. Uh, when it comes to chronic actinic dermatitis, it's more UVBs and UVA. Uh, solar urticaria uh, can be triggered by either UVB, UVA, or visible light. So we have to make um, photo testing. Uh, what is also very important, and that is not known by everyone, is that the drug induced phototoxicity uh, usually is triggered by UVA. So here, it's very critical to uh, look for a UVA protection for that. Uh, for cutaneous, uh, cutaneous porphyria, uh, the, um, uh, the spectrum of action lies in the visible range, around 400, 410. So here we have to protect against visible light. Uh, for some connect, um, for lupus and dermatomyositis, we have to protect both against UVB and UVA. So depending on the photodermatosis, we have to use uh, a very well-balanced UVA and UVB. And sometimes it's even better to protect against UVA as compared to UVB. So uh, it's really critical that we advise as dermatologists, so as experts of the skin, the good uh, type, the right type of uh, sunscreen, depending on the patient. And I would just wanted to add that uh, when it comes for vitiligo, um, uh, usually, um, um, uh, patients, but sometimes uh, uh, still some dermatologists think that 
uh, UV uh, is bad for uh, for vitiligo, and they can uh, have that vitiligo patient may have more risk of skin cancer. In fact, this is the exactly opposite. It has been nicely demonstrated for years now that patients with vitiligo has, uh, have an increase, have a decreased risk of skin cancer and three times less risk of melanoma. And it's easy to understand that the immune process against melanocytes uh, that uh, patients with vitiligo have uh, is also benefit uh, to fight against melanoma. And on the other way, uh, we also know that without UV exposure coming from the sun or UVB cabins, uh, it's almost impossible to uh, trigger repigmentation. So it's very important that uh, patients suffering from vitiligo and dermatologists uh, clearly understand that uh, the, uh, we need to expose, uh, they need to expose their skin to the sun or to UV, UVB cabins until the, uh, the skin is becoming pink. When it, the skin is becoming pink, after that, of course, they have to protect their skin, not to burn. So they can protect it with clothes or with uh, uh, sunscreen. But it's really important to understand that because, again, without UV, uh, UV radiation, there is no repigmentation in vitiligo or very few. So we need combination treatment. It's well demonstrated now. So one of the things that uh, tends to happen, and uh, I see many, many patients, they don't photoprotect correctly or they come for consultation because they are facing melasma. Melasma is usually bumping and worsening during summer and sun exposure. Can you give us some tips? Yeah, uh, in fact, it's a really important question. And maybe among all the, photo, uh, the dermatosis, uh, pigmentary disorder and melasma, uh, the, uh, um, the photoprotection is key. Uh, what we know now very well is that when it comes to pigmentation in general, UVB is of course important, but long-wave UVA and high-energy visible light is now well demonstrated to have a really key impact in, um, in pigmentary disorder and pigmentation. And when it comes to melasma, it is now well demonstrated that uh, if you are protecting against uh, UVB and even uh, UVA only, you have uh, relapses as soon as you are going out because you are receiving uh, visible light. And here I'm talking about the visible light coming from the sun, which, uh, the, which is much more intense as the visible light of the, the screen or devices that we demonstrated that is no impact in pigmentation. But those uh, radiation, uh, in two hours, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's enough to trigger pigmentation. So think about it you are uh, getting a lunch outside, you are using the good amount of sunscreen protecting UVB and UVA, but still you are not cover, uh, covering the high energy visible light. And so it's enough to trigger the, uh, the, the melasma relapses. And it has been demonstrated that if uh, melasma patients are using in a daily basis, uh, sunscreen protecting not only against UVA and UVB, but also against blue light, there are a significant decrease in the relapses of melasma. Uh, we have demonstrated that, some co other colleagues uh, have also confirmed those data. So it's well demonstrated and it's very important in our clinical practice because uh, you can do whatever you want in terms of treatment if you are not protecting uh, from external um, uh, agents such as the sun, there will be flare and worsening of the melasma. 
And I just wanted to add that, unfortunately, in this process, this is not the radical species that is induced by uh, visible light that triggers the melasma relapses and the pigmentation. We have demonstrated that the melanocytes in our skin um, and, uh, sense the blue light through a specific receptor, collapsin-free, so exactly the same type of receptor we have in the eyes. So literally, our melanocytes are seeing the blue light and they activate a pathway. I won't go into details, but at the end, it will induce the pigmentation. So unfortunately, if you are adding into regular sunscreen some antioxidant, it will not prevent to have flares uh, uh, of melasma. Uh, we need to have, to have to use a very good UVB and long-wave UVA sunscreen. And on top of that, you have to use a physical shield, such as iron oxide, so it's tinted product. And only with such uh, sunscreen, you have a significant and well-demonstrated uh, risk of relapses of melasma. And beyond melasma, these have been also demonstrated now uh, by other groups that uh, it can, um, this type of protection covering from UVB to visible light is also beneficial for um, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or actinic lentigo. So when it comes to pigmentation, we really have to, uh, to use a broad spectrum photoprotection. Okay. And uh, even if uh, I know that uh, it was excluded, for uh, from your uh, your paper i would like also to ask you what do you think about uh, oral photoprotection because uh, it is something that sometimes it can be really trendy you know in the market you're perfectly right uh, and the, the right answer is it's indeed trendy i think there is um uh, there is uh, interest in oral photoprotection however so far the data uh, are, uh, are very scarce. And uh, in the best uh, case scenario, the level of protection that is provided by uh, or photoprotection is far beyond um, the uh, uh, protection that we can get from sunscreen. So I think it's uh, really interesting and it's an area of research, but in a daily basis, uh, the best way to protect is still to uh, adapt our habits and, and also to use the proper uh, quantity of uh, sunscreen and also the good type of sunscreen according again uh, to uh, our type of skin, a skin of coral and place we are living. Strongly agree with, with what you are saying, absolutely. And uh, I really want to thank you very much for being with us and uh, helping us once again to stress the importance of photo protection. Thank you again. Thank you very much. And uh, it was a pleasure and have a good summer. Bye-bye. Bye. So we're back with Dr. Elena Rossi. Why was this subject so important to you? Well, actually, I think that the photo protection is quite under-evaluated, underestimated. You know, most of the people, they think they apply correctly some protection while they are not doing that. Whether on the other side, all of us, like dermatologists, we know how much important it is, not only for the dermatosis, not only for the cancer risk, but also for the photoaging. So it's really important to stress it. And especially during this season, 
in which people we really hope are going to the sea. Right. Now, sometimes the dermatology podcast guests go really deep into complex research that delves into chemistry, biochemistry, genetics, etc. This subject is just as important, but it's a bit more digestible to a larger audience, no? I think it's interesting not only for dermatologists. You know, he gave uh, some tricks and tips uh, even for the dermatologists, but this is something that every patient mostly could appreciate. And is there any last point you'd like to drive home to our audience? So if you look at all the publication and how much sunscreen, how much, how many fingertip units we, we should use on ourselves, actually, probably neither me, I'm doing it correctly. But uh, this is something that should be always spread and more spread toward the patient. That's the point, I think. Dr. Rossi, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And I hope the next time we record, it'll be in the EADV studio together. Thank you very much to you as well. And I really hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. This was an interesting discussion, maybe not only for doctors, but maybe even the general public might get a lot out of it. Yeah, Dr. Rossi really wanted to have this discussion now so that we could be thinking of protecting ourselves before going out into the sun. It is a very timely discussion indeed. And that's all the time we have for today's episode. As always, we enjoy coming to you from the EADV studio. We would like to thank Dr. Rossi and Professor Passeron for sharing their information and experience with us. DADV and JADV are proud to continually bring you the newest research in dermatology and venerology. And we would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode. Take care of your skin.